0: Spoonful of Paolo, here we go. Hi everyone, it's Paolo. Okay, so we are kicking off the new year with a very special episode because I am gonna be talking with one of the co-hosts from the Today Show, the one and only Hoda Kotb. Ah, you guys, she has her third season of her hit podcast out called Making Space. And let me tell you, each episode is like a masterclass. Ugh, so I'll see you guys with Hoda in person and I can't wait. Okay, are
1: you ready? I'm ready.
0: Okay. Hi, Hoda.
1: Hi. It's so nice to meet you. Oh,
0: I can't believe this is happening. You're,
1: you're like a delight. Oh. You are a walking, talking delight.
0: Oh. I'm so into you. Okay, well, I'm into <laughs> you more probably. But okay, I, I really want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing this to happen. Um, You know, you ha- we've been doing this for almost 12 years and you have been a dream guest of mine mm. since the beginning. I have been following your career. Mm. And I'm just in awe. And I don't even know if the word is honor to be sitting here with you, but there's something bigger than that. And I want to say thank you so much because this means so much to me. Okay. Okay.
1: That means the world. And the people who I love talking to the most, it's so funny because I feel like in the last couple of weeks I've interviewed people who have like put their head down and pushed through Rosie Perez, Shania Twain, Mm. Steve Harvey, all I've had these people in the Mm. last two weeks.
0: Your podcast. my podcast, they all have something in common. Mm. And it's
1: like they don't quit. your story is that, like you are that person. You're oh. the person who decided in your mind, like, I don't care how many, how long it takes. Mm. And look at you sitting
0: here, right here. Oh, you've inspired me. And you know, talking about your podcast, mm-hmm. which I've been listening to every single episode. Mm-hmm. I know you're currently on season three. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to Steve Harvey just the other day. Mm-hmm. came out on Monday from, you know, your first one was one out a Judd. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, for me, it's like listening to a masterclass. Mm-hmm. Um, And I know for you, you have your notepad, you're taking notes, I know there's so many life lessons. Is there a life lesson that has really stuck with you today that you're like, yeah, like what he or she said, I think about it, I think about it.
1: I think when I sit down, like like we're doing here today, when I sit down and talk to somebody, I feel like I wanna strip away all the things that are phony Mm. and life can be like, I feel like, you know, in this world, people are the only p- only thing on the planet that try to be something they're not. Yeah, A dog's going to be a dog. Cat's going to be a cat. A bird's going to fly. A tree's going to grow. People are like, you know what? If I'm more like that person, maybe I'll fit. So I'm going to mm. twist myself and make myself into that. Like we were created this way to be us. You're 100% yourself as yeah. you sit here. I feel like I am. And the people I love interviewing and I enjoy the most and I learn from the most are people who are just that. They Mm. look at you and they're going to push through something really hard, but they're going to say it. Yeah. One person said a quote to me that I never forgot: that it was, Your actions are speaking so loudly. I can't hear what you're saying. It's like when you know the truth. And sometimes when you sit across from someone and they say something to you, you'll say to yourself, This, like, I don't want to leave this moment. You almost don't want to move. Yeah, you don't. You're in a moment, you're like, Can we just keep this right here where it is? And I feel like those bursts of honesty come and they don't come from a notepad full of questions Mm. and they don't come from, let me watch what I saw you do on TikTok the other day and let me talk about it. They come because it's time to strip down and be real. Yeah. It's enough already. Yes. It's time to be who we are. Like, let's stop pretending. Let's stop making believe.
0: Yep. Let's sit here and say, you this is me. It's take me or leave me. It's kind of like I think when you interviewed your second um episode, Mel mm-hmm. Robbins, I think, mm-hmm. when she said that we all have like a purpose in life and yeah. the purpose is to be our authentic self. Yes. I remember her saying that yes. too and I was like oh, Yes. It hit me because it's true. I do feel that you can never get to where you want to be if you're not being your authentic self. And I feel like with me coming out, being who I am, has yes. really shaped me, my husband, our show to help other people out there like to be who you I are. I think the
1: hardest thing in the world. And I feel like I was this for a long time too, is a, you don't even know you are, but you're a pretender. Yeah. You're pretending. Yeah. And we often navigate life. We have to navigate the workplace. We have to navigate, you know, we can't just, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. And then this is life. I get that. But if you spend your life pretending each day, you lose a little more.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: chip away a little bit more. You're a little bit smaller. You're a little bit less than it's like. It's, and and pretty soon you don't even recognize yourself you're like how did how where was, where had yeah. this happen yeah. i used to be that how yeah. how did when when did this part of me happen yeah. i want to fit in that box so i'm going to do everything i can to fit yeah and the people who i admire the most are people who can just let it go and be who they are because, what else, I mean, what else is there? Exactly. You're here because of that. Exactly. Can you imagine if you tried to fit yourself
0: in a box? Mm, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be here Forget with you it. talking with you, which I'm having a pinch me moment <laughs> right now. Um, um, you know, I have to say first, congratulations to five-year anniversary for you and Savannah, co-hosting the Today Show. Yeah. Um, and there's a quote that you said, and I love this. You said, if there's a dream job, I know I found it. I never worked in a place that felt like family before, mm. ever. This is it. This is that spot. So tell me what makes this spot your dream job then.
1: Um, when I walk in the door, my heart can rest. Oh.
0: Walk in the yeah. door, your heart can
1: it's rest. like It's like someone has a warm hand on your heart. Like that's what it feels like. Mm. And I know that it's work because there's no mistaking. We have work and we have family. Those are two different things. This place has had my back for so many years. And I think with any place, if you want the best for someone else, you end up, it comes back to you. You don't even know it. Yeah. Like I, when I came in here, I didn't know how to do an interview. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I would ask other Dateline correspondents. I was a Dateline, mm-hmm. can you help me? And a couple were very helpful. A couple were sort of like, I'm not here to teach you, but Mm. that was kind of the vibe. I understood that. But I realized that if you ask, someone will help and then you'll get better. I used to be the person in local news who everyone would bring me their script to check it. When I came to NBC, they were like, your script is terrible. I was like, but, 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 but like I, I thought I was the teacher. Now I'm the student and I'm like, not even the good student. I'm like the D student. So you have to, you have to always be open to learning and this place i've been through you know so many different things mm-hmm. at this network mm-hmm. you know a divorce breast cancer the celebration of the adoption of my children life yeah all of it has been here and to walk into a place that will lift you up when you are on a on a total high and will cradle you if you're if, when you're at a low moment is it when i had breast cancer i was i still remember this i was sitting in the bed in the hospital and in walked Roker. And I looked at him and he goes, Hey, he goes, What do you, do you need anything? I, I, I looked, I said, I can't, I can't believe this is, the, this is the guy who walked in like moments after I'd come out of surgery. He goes, I'm just here in case. And I thought to myself, This is real. Your actions, your actions are speaking yeah. so loudly. Yep.
0: I can't you hear what you're it, saying. You can feel yeah. it. Well, you made this all happen because I remember that story that when you graduated from Virginia Tech mm-hmm. College, you had asked your mom, Hey mom, can mm-hmm. I borrow your car? Mm-hmm. You had that green suit, mm-hmm. you had your mm-hmm. hair blown out, <laughs> as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for 10 days, in 10 mm-hmm. days you drove from like uh Stratford, I think Virginia, yeah. to like Tennessee to Alabama, yeah. you got lost in oh. Mississippi, and you had 27 news directors yeah. rejected you. Yeah. But as yeah. you always say, you need that one person. That's and I know when you got lost in Mississippi, that one person was Stan Sandroni, <laughs> who gave you that job, okay? And he called you, what? I think he called you Hilda. <laughs> yeah. I ain't calling her Hilda, <laughs> I call you Hoda, okay? But I remember, so what kept you going? Because if that was someone else, they would have stopped at the first rejection, the second one, the third, fourth, but you had 27 rejections yeah, and I it took that one last one. Yeah. So what kept you going? Um, I
1: think deep down, I'm like a competitor. I think I've always been. like I played high school basketball
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I would, I would wake up at the crack of dawn to shoot hoops. I would dream about it and I would stay late. If we lost, I would sob. And if we won, I would celebrate. But I, I always worked it. I wasn't the best, but I was gonna wor- I was going to outwork anybody. I knew I was going to outwork anybody. So to me, the first rejection was like when we played Mount Vernon and lost. I'm like, okay, we lost, mm-hmm. but I'm not it's not over this is mm-hmm. a long season like what's the next place so i think i'm like that kind of person who i'm stubborn super stubborn uh-huh. which is can be bad you know if you have a stubborn kid hang on to that kid <laughs> cuz it might serve her later or serve him <laughs> later but i think i was both stubborn and also a believer in that somewhere i was going to get this job because i'll be honest I was looking for a TV job, but I didn't really know if I even wanted to be in it. I just, I did it in college a little bit and I was like, well, let's try that. Mm. And so after I was rejected, I was like, huh, I actually think I want this now. It's like the boy who turns you away rejection. You're like,
0: for you to fight and want it more than that. Right.
1: Because at first you're like, I didn't really like him. You don't like me? Well, why don't you like me? And now (laughs) you're mad. So then you just keep going. So I just think I didn't stop. And I figured that somewhere, somehow, Somebody because it's so our business is subjective. Mm -hmm. This person may love you. This person may hate you This person may say you're the best thing and this person may say you'll never make it in this business they'll say it in the same breath So I think you just have to have a little bit of an inner belief and then and then go for it
0: I'm so glad you didn't give up. You know (laughs) If younger Hoda came to you and said hey look when you get into your 50s You're gonna be hosting (laughs) on a today show. You're gonna be a mother of two. What would you have told her?
1: I would have thought she was friggin' crazy. I would have been like, "Wait," because f- you know, when you're a kid, fifty sounds ancient. Fifty's like fifty your fifth. Like I would have died. What I sounds did. It's good
0: that she didn't say anything to Thank you. Thank God
1: she didn't know. But I have to tell you, to be living in this space right now, to be living in this family that I get to go home to every day, and to know that there's something on this planet that's mine hmm. for me. To know that I get to walk in in the morning to a job that was even too big for me to dream about because I did not not imagine that possibility. It just wasn't in my brain. So I think that what it taught me is your blessings come when they come. Mm. Some people get all theirs in their 20s. Wow. And that's when they when it all comes. Some people get them later. Yeah. Bevi Smith always said it gets greater later. And and she's right because you realize later on in life, you're like, Wow, all these blessings are here for me. Like you I I can't believe it. But you're inspiring
0: so many people. To say you can have your first at any age, in yeah. your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. And i that's what I love about you. But I also I have to say, I do love your parents. Um, I know your parents, when they got married, they came from Egypt to America. Mm-hmm. And there's a story, I remember when you got Dateline, I think it was in 1998 of April, <laughs> you had called your mom, who was mm-hmm. working at the Library of Congress. And you said, Mom, guess what? <laughs> I got a job on Dateline. I'm a correspondent. And then your mother, who was working at the library, she screamed to her coworkers, He's like, My daughter got a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, how proud is your mom of you? Because um, when I look at your journey, mm-hmm. and and you know, there's a timeline of what you've been doing. You know, New Orleans for all those years, and coming mm-hmm. in New York, from, since 1980, mm-hmm. 1998, actually 1998. Um, w- what does she think of your life, your mom? I
1: I think the funny thing is about my mom. I think she always believed. I don't think anything surprised her. Which. Is shocking to me yeah. because everything surprises me. But for me to make a basketball team, she was like, Of course you did. <laughs> for me to get a job, of course they hired you. <laughs> oh, didn't hire you. Oh, that's weird. You know, and then she would go on with it. And I went through times where I thought I was going to get promoted and the other girl got it. Or with the things that happen in life. Yeah. But she was a she it's just like when you have one person who believes. I mean, my mom, when I got the job at Dateline, it was a real risk because i was leaving behind i was choosing between security which was a local station that i could have been with for many 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 years to come yeah or a small fish in this big pond where you, They had a six-month clause that if I didn't work out in six months, they could fire me and I knew yeah. I could never go back to the other place. So you were weighing all these things, but she was like, take risk. Of course, go. Mm. Of course, go. You know, she never was the person who said lean on security. So when all of the rest of life started happening for me, my mom was always like, you know, she's two pom-poms and wow. we'll be till whenever, even now she goes, oh, amazing morning boost. Wow. I'm like, you know how many morning boosts I've done? I was crying, <laughs> oh my God. And your suit was so amazing. I was like, thanks my I've seen your mom yeah, on yeah, I love yeah, your mom.
0: Yeah. Um, I know next month on February 9th, I think it's gonna be about 37 mm. years since your beloved father passed away. Um, I remember reading your book, you said in the beginning, you said that the first two years were a fog for you. Um, and when I interviewed Gloria Estefan last summer, she told me, cause her mom had passed away five years ago, she said the first two years for her she couldn't sing. Mm. I lost my mom, it was a year, mm. this past weekend. Oh. So I wanted to ask you, for <laughs> those who are grieving, mm-hmm. what, advice would you, mm. what advice would you give to them who are just grieving? And I know you went through it the first two years. What, what would you say? First of all, how are you right now? I'm okay. I'm okay because I feel that my mother made this happen. <laughs> she knows how much I loved you. <laughs> I love you. And um, it's a blessing for me, but I'm doing okay. I think with the right tools, the right help, therapy. I have an amazing husband who's been so patient through it all. Yeah. Um, my mom was my everything. She, I wear this pen all the time. It's I was going to ask. Yeah, it's that. the mother and son dance that we did ah. at our, you know, at, at the at the reception. Mm. She changed my life. She was my everything. We were. She was, you know, sixty five, had glioblastoma, and it all just took her so quickly. Um, <laughs> but I'm doing okay. Thank you for asking.
1: I think. It- I mean the fact that you're sitting here 1 year out when everything's raw and exposed yeah. and um you know every every song or thought goes her way and I remember that I remember that with my dad and I remembered I was doing an interview and we were I was at the 92nd Street Y and I we raised the lights and we said how many people here have lost a parent mm. and probably three-fourths of the hands went up just, and how many people worry about that Mm. and the rest raise their hand. And it reminded me in that moment that we're all not by ourselves. Like other people have experienced and felt what this loss feels like. And I always think like to feel that, how hard you had to love. And I, I know that, you know, you have to love something so much to feel this pain. They always say, you know, they always say like when you're crying, like that's, that's that's kind of pain with no place to go. So you got to just cry it out and get and release it. Yeah. Um, but I think, look, your mom did so good. I mean, you're living, breathing proof of what she's capable of. I didn't know her. And I think that's a beautiful pen. Thank you. But to think that her, her young son who was working in that shop and sitting here interviewing people like Oprah and Gloria Astrovon. And this is so crazy. I'm like so excited for, for what you. you've done. Thank but... you. Well,
0: you, you've inspired me. You know, I know that when you were diagnosed with breast cancer um, in 2007, um, you had this epiphany. Like after you were getting better, these four words came to you. And I think they were, You can't scare me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that, you know, cause you're somebody who worked hard, but you wanted people to recognize you, but you took charge that one day mm. and you heard about the fourth hour of the Today Show mm-hmm. and you went in that elevator and you went to the 52nd mm-hmm. floor. How did that moment feel like for you to take charge of your life and not wait for someone to tell you or call you?
1: I think it was probably the first time that I found my voice.
0: Mm.
1: I think that day. Really? because to be able to have that kind of, um, to be free Mm. and to not feel restricted or constricted. And I had I'd always been a kind of a pleaser, I don't want to bother you, Mm. but that's what I would say. Are you okay? I know it's not a good time to ask for a raise, sorry. That's how I would start Mm. because I wanted the other person to feel good, Mm. whether it's someone I was dating or someone I was working for, I would always do that. And I realized in that moment, like you have to have your voice. And I think the fear grabbed me by the shirt collar and shook me. I was like, oh my God, this is so, like, this is it. This could be it. Like, what if someone told you, you have a week? You know, what do you want to do? That's what it felt like to me. It was this big epiphany. And so going up the elevator to the 52nd floor, I was calm. Wow. And I thought I'd be I like I, I thought I'd be swallowing. You know, I'm one of those people who I can't <laughs> get any spit in my mouth when I'm nervous. I I had to fill in on weekend nightly, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I got I I can't make it through. I can't make it through. I got I gotta But anyway, t- that, you take ownership. You uh, just say, you know what? I this this is a once in a life and the and Jeff Zucker looked at me like I was nuts. Wow. Was like, Who well, are you? Who? And are you with you the girl s- on Dateline? <laughs> but but it oh. took that, like it took that, saying, you know what? That's it. Wow. I'm g- I'm coming in and I'm doing it.
0: Wow. Okay. So my last question now is this: You had this book, your first book that was released, I think in <laughs> 2010. Okay. So you released it. How I survived war zones, bad hair, cancer, and Kathy Lee. Yeah. In the 13 years <laughs> yeah. since then, what else would you add to this list of things that you survived? I don't know, like the Trump years, the pandemic. You tell me. What have you? What would you add to this list? You You would say. Um,
1: I have survived war zones, bad hair, cancer, Kathy Lee and um i don't know if i've survived it but it's like i feel like i shed an old skin like from mm. there like that girl on that book cover saw some things but not um not the worst or the best of of wow. of my life yet so i feel like i learned how to love again i learned that i could that that dreams come true yes. i learned that you know you can the best parts of your life are ahead of you i learned that your heart expands and keeps expanding as for whatever goodness comes toward you mm. it's not like there's never too much there's a child there's room your heart expands you want to adopt a puppy your heart expands expand. you want a new friend your heart expands all of those things are part of like this next chapter in life what else have i survived i mean i don't even see life like that anymore it's so weird like uh-huh. i just see like climbing climbing things mountains i don't see like boy i who i made it through that <laughs> you know and look i worry about you know my mom's age and i just like when you said that i thought about my own mom too and i think a lot of us do and there yeah. are lots of things that are going to come ahead but I'm just more prepared in life, I think, than I ever have been. But um, I think life's a a beautiful,
0: exciting adventure. Life is a beautiful, exciting adventure. And speaking of that, we got something for you that we wanted to give you. Oh. Um, It's a little, little thing Um, that is for you. You can go ahead and open it. Yeah, something special, because I know how much your daughters mean to you, Haley and Hope, who are so precious and so beautiful. So this just ties it all in. So there's two hearts and they're engraved. Big one, Haley, and the small one is for hope.
1: I cannot believe you did that. That is so beautiful. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I cannot believe you did that.
0: Now don't be having a third kid when I go home and I was on the Today Show tomorrow. I'm like, wait, Patrick, we only gave her two hearts. If you have a third one you got to tell me because i gotta be the third one i'm gonna send it to your assistant then okay
1: (laughs) yeah that is so beautiful and precious thank you
0: so much well i know those girls mean the world to you they are one of your greatest achievements as i know you've said in many interviews so to to end this just to say thank you because you are such an inspiration not just to me but to so many people who are watching around the world Mm. um you're just and i was telling um sarah i was just saying you're one of the nicest people Mm. in this business and i've waited a long time to interview you but it paid off at the end because <laughs> i mean look at this you know so thank you for being an inspiration i'm so proud of you <laughs> i love your podcast um i know rosie perez is coming up next oh. i think i know that i heard i know you're gonna cry i was in this what? building i hear people <laughs> saying, Wait, you're here, Rosie perez so i want to say this thank you thank you thank you
1: you're amazing you're an amazing human being what? i didn't even
0: thank you no thank, thank, you. <laughs> thank you thank you so much We love you so much. I love you back. Thank you, thank God. Yeah, you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Give us a thumbs up if you liked it. If you didn't, move to the next video. But a special thanks to Hoda. We love you and dream big, everyone. Dream big. Thank you. (laughs) First of all, I'm so shocked at how I'm just
1: shocked at how amazing you are. Uh, You're amazing. No, you're like I've been interviewed by everybody. That's amazing.
0: My, yeah, this is
1: crying. Mary's <laughs> crying. Oh my god, what is
0: crying? Oh my god. Oh, thank you. We'll get a picture because I know you're going to use it for the YouTube. Yeah, that was one again. You got it. okay, okay, okay.
1: Oh my god, I'm crying. Uh, thank oh my you for god. this. That was really... like the best. Thank you. Thank that you. That was the you. best.
0: Thanks for joining me today on the a Spoonful of Apollo podcast. For tons more interviews or the video version of this episode, visit our website, a or our YouTube channel. I'm Paolo Presta, and I hope you always remember to dream big. Dream big. Dream big. full of Paolo. <laughs> I love you, Oprah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time.